welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you, our people at Sacred City Church, follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And we know there are people outside our church that are listening, and we are grateful for you as well. We hope you're finding this podcast beneficial to your walk with Christ. And as always, if you find it uh, beneficial, share it with those that you know and love and uh, like us and maybe even rate us in iTunes or the App Store or wherever you listen. Uh, gentlemen, would you introduce yourselves? This is Kevin Knorr, uh, biblical counselor. Almost slipped back into my old ways. There you go. <laughs> Joel Bickford, deacon of worship. <clears throat> I'm Sam Schmidt. I'm the new guy here. I'm pastor at Sacred City Moline. Yes, sir. This man, Samuel Schmidt is on the podcast. It's been a long time, but we got him back. We got him back and we're stoked for it. So Pastor Sam is uh, the pastor at Sacred City Moline. He was one of, he was my first ever pastoral resident and church planting resident. And uh, as of now, my only church planting resident who's <laughs> actually planted a church. So it's good to have him on the podcast. We want to combine forces a little bit and um, you make, make this resource better and uh, use it for both, both of our churches. So it's good to have him on the podcast. So welcome back, Sam. Thanks. Good to be here. So right now we are working our way through, chapter by chapter, Donald Whitney's book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. It's really a, just a formative book for personal discipleship. So um, how to study the Bible, how to read the Bible, how to pray. It's, it's just a really great book, entry-level book, I would say, on all of the spiritual disciplines. And today we come to Bible memorization or scripture memorization. And again, this the um, purpose of Bible memorization isn't just to impress all your friends at the party. You know, I know that's a big one right now. Like everybody likes to just quote scripture. To uh, I know I like to do that when I'm standing around the keg. You know what I mean? <laughs> just show my scripture swag. Yeah, I'm right. just dropping obscure texts from Leviticus. Um, this is how you... All you single men, that's how you pick up girls. That's how you pick up Christian girls if you're at a, at a party. You just drop some random Bible facts. And if you haven't been picking them up, that's probably why. you got to memorize more Bible. Memorize more Bible. Song of Solomon or something. Ah, yeah. Okay, that's probably not appropriate. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Not sorry. until you're married. Not until you're married can you quote that one. That's right. That's right. Um, but as I was thinking about Bible memorization, in one sense... It's one of the most, I would say it's one of the most important, just for overall discipleship, mm -hmm. it's one of the most important spiritual disciplines. Um, and I think it's also arguably the most neglected. Probably right about that. I think, especially in today's day and age, where when you have a cell phone in your pocket, the underlying like presupposition is why memorize anything? Mm. Mm. Because it takes me 20 seconds to Google anything, right? Yeah. And I was thinking just back when I was a kid, I had probably two dozen phone numbers memorized mm. yeah. because I had to. Like I had my, I had our home. I had my dad's work. I had my grandma's. I had my aunt, uncles. I had all my friends. Like I just had them memorized, a a random nine digit number. I had dozens of them memorized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And I struggle to remember my passwords now. Mm -hmm. I think I'm down to three. I can remember three phone numbers and that's it. I have mine and my wife's. And sometimes I double I have to double take on my own. Um, but one of the things, when you go back and you read old saints, you read either church fathers, you read St. Augustine, you read John Calvin, you read mm -hmm. Martin Luther, you read any old saints, scripture comes out of them like it's second nature. Right. And I'm not just talking to like John 3.16 and, you know, New Testament texts. I'm talking about random texts from first and second Samuel and Kings and mm -hmm. Deuteronomy and they're making connections in their head. And, and so I think, I mean, what do you guys, what are your thoughts on that? What, why, why is memorization so neglected today? I think, I think of two reasons. Um, first of all, it's hard and our culture is, is really adverse to doing hard things. And I think, um, it can be boring, right? You're, you're practicing the same thing over and over again. And that, that kind of gets into our conversation last time about discipline, right? Like discipline, building character, right? Building something. But I think to people who don't have discipline, who like the idea of it, it, it is. It can be really boring. Mm. But they don't necessarily see the fruit of it on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree that it's it takes discipline and it, is, it can be it can be sometimes boring. The other thing I, I mean, this is just the way that my mind works. There's some scriptures like the Holy Spirit works with the word and our brain, let's mm -hmm. just say, in such a way that one of the promises of the Holy Spirit is he brings to remind mm -hmm. our memory the things that the Spirit has taught us, the things that the scriptures that, we, the scriptures that we've read, right? Mm -hmm. He reminds us of the truth. But he doesn't, I mean, how do I say this? It is a supernatural process, but it's not supernatural in the sense that he brings to memory scriptures you've never read. Right, right, right. You know, so he's never randomly put a scripture in my head and, and me go, well, that's not a scripture. And then look it up and go, whoa, that is a scripture. Sure. Like he's only reminded me of things that I've read. And, and, the, script, and the spirit works in crazy ways where random scriptures will come to mind like that. Mm -hmm. Right. But most of the time, for me at least, to memorize scripture, it takes discipline and focused work. Mm -hmm. That's like if I'm not doing it every day or every week, I lose it. Mm -hmm. So last year sometime I felt oh when I was on sabbatical, I, I memorized Psalm 46. And I just what to, to memorize that, I memorized one verse. Like one day I memorized a verse and then I memorized that verse, you know, and then I quoted that verse for like a week, just that first verse. And then I had the first verse and then second, and then I added the second verse and then I got all the way through Psalm 46 and then I could quote Psalm 46. And then I'm like, all right, cool. I've got, I've got Psalm 46 memorized. Got it. I can quote it from memory. And then, so then I'm like, well, I, I don't need to quote it today. <laughs> I want to let me do a different one. I want to do a different one, and then about a month later, I'm like, "What is what's Psalm 46 again?" And I could do it, but it I had to like, like I couldn't just flow. I had to like, you know, like go back in the recesses of my mind and like do the focused work. And so, and then even this morning, as I knew we were going to talk about this, I was like, "Okay, can I 
quote Psalm 46. And I quoted like the first three verses and then I got snagged, I got hung up a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and it's like, man, the frustrating piece of memorization is it is a perishable skill. Mm-hmm. That if you're not me- like quoting it and memorizing it, you lose it. Yeah. And I know people who have memorized whole books of the Bible. And, but if they're not practicing it, at least once a month or something like that, then they lose it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I don't know. That's just one of the most frustrating things about Absolutely. being human. I, I, say, I know it's our finiteness, right? It's yeah. that we're not God. Yeah. God holds all things in his mind all at once. He never yeah. forgets anything. But one of the difficulties of memorization is that it just takes constant practice. Mm-hmm. It, in, in, in that sense, it's not like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... The older you get, it seems the harder it becomes. If you look at the way your brain works in the younger years of life, if you go to the, the trivium, the classical model of education, the the grammar school is just packed full of memorization and going over this repetition, memorization, all of these facts, all these things, just the intake of it. And it's like you've your brain is going through a stage where that it's really designed to absorb so much at that point. And so the older you get, the, the more you move away from it. That doesn't mean you stop memorizing or stop exerting your effort into memorization the older you get. But there are some real challenges as you grow older and develop. Mm-hmm. Your brain starts to work differently that you still have to really press for. And I think that's one of the hard things. You say, what, what's, what's the thing that keeps us from working on memorization is maybe we, we get we miss out on a really great time mm. as kids. And maybe this is more for parents to your kids of, of the importance of catechizing and Bible memorization and putting them through things like that. So in, in these sweet spots where their brains are working in that manner, they have it right there. And, and maybe they don't know what it means. Usually you don't. In fact, my story was going through uh, catechism classes and memorization. And it wasn't until later in college where things started clicking. But I had all that in a reservoir somewhere tucked in my brain Mm -hmm. that I could start drawing back from. And so thinking of that for our kids and getting a jump on the memorization, get them started young and early, it's, you know, it's why they have all the Disney songs memorized. Their brains work to do that. Mm -hmm. And so let's use that for the good stuff. So at least for one of the, the hindrances for us memorizing now is our brains are different than they were early on in life. And you, you just mentioned there, you know, a trick for memorization is putting it to music. Mm -hmm. And this is how like the Jewish people and Jesus himself memorized all the Psalms, Mm. right? This is, they're put to music. And again, we're not talking about sick beats and, you know, bass drops, but you're talking, um, they learned how to sing them mm-hmm. and then that helped them memorize them. Yeah. Right. And so I, I know that's what we do with, you know, catechism. We, we put the catechism to song and it helps kids memorize it. We put, um, we can put scripture to song, helps mm-hmm. us memorize it. Yep. And it is, it's weird how my wife speaks about this a lot, how she, she has literally thousands of songs memorized Mm -hmm. and you she won't hear it for 20 years and then bam Mm -hmm. now i'm not like that i don't know any lyrics i mean i like i kind of know lyrics but i'm I'm making stuff up like half the time i don't bother to even pay attention to like what the actual words are my kids make fun of me all the time (laughs) i'll be singing the song kind of know the tune but i'm singing the wrong words um but we're god's made us 
unique and, and different. And I remember, I don't think I memorized anything when I was a kid, but when I got saved when I was like 17, I always say like God turned my brain on mm. at 17. Mm. And then as I started reading the scripture, they just stuck with me. Yep. And another and another thing I would do is I would just listen to a lot of sermons and listen to a lot of Bible talks. And then as other guys are quoting scriptures, I'm hearing mm-hmm. the scriptures read. Yep. And then that helps me memorize them. Yeah. You know, so one of the things that I do <clears throat> is at night, if I can't have a trouble, if I have trouble sleeping or something like that, I put on the Dwell Bible app, mm. which got script. It's reading scripture, but there's like a music, you know, to the to the back, you know, in the background, that just helps me hear it. Scripture says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Right, <clears throat> so we can listen to it. It's made to be spoken out loud. It's made to so that's one of the one of the tips too is you're if you're memorizing something, don't just read it, mm-hmm. but speak it out loud. We know Jesus lived in an oral culture where they read the scriptures out loud, and m- much of the the stories from the Old Testament were passed down orally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, it's there's something unique about the written word that's important, but there also is also something unique and special about the spoken word, mm-hmm. right? And scripture is meant to be discovered and memorized in kind of in both forms, yeah. right? <clears throat> so we, we've talked about, um, you've mentioned knowing folks who've memorized whole books of the Bible versus, you know, everybody has a few verses stored up from scripture and coffee mugs and things like that. Um, do we have any any conviction about one over the other, about how we should approach how much of Scripture to be trying to memorize at a time? Whole Psalms versus, you know, um, shoot, I forget, little little sections. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Sam? Uh, you know, uh, if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, I, you know, I don't know if I've devoted a minute of my life to memorizing Scripture, I'd say... Start kind of at the zero depth entry mm-hmm. end of the pool. I mean, learn a verse, learn a couple of verses, build them up, create a sort of database in your brain of, of memory verses that you can, you know, call on. You, you work at it and you're able to call on them mm-hmm. and pretty fluently. And I think there is a lot of value in the whole psalm. It's like uh, the psalms is a prayer book. And, mm-hmm. and really, just like with our liturgy, um, when our liturgy's at work, we're, we're giving you words to say. We're giving you language for prayer and for worship. And so that's what the Psalms are. And the benefit of, of praying a whole Psalm is you get a, you get to immerse yourself in David or whoever this, the, the Psalm writer's world is for a moment and see kind of experience the, the depth and dimension of what their experience is. Mm-hmm. And then in that, you're able to, to see, okay, what part of my story relates with this? And then how does my prayer life get expressed through that? So it really does give you a vocabulary uh, to enhance your prayer life, your worship life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are meant to be transformed in, into the image of the Son, and we are all the Son of God. By the way, we are all shaped in ways, in profound ways that we don't even realize by our own culture. Mm. And so, the language that we possess by being in this culture is very superficial. Mm-hmm. It's very me-centered. It's very self-centered. It's very just thin. And Romans. 12, 1 and 2, again, says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed 
by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Just for the record, he didn't have that memorized. His Bible's open right now. That's that's true. Thanks for calling me out there. Uh, So the whole idea, I did flip to it, though. Did you see me flip to it? Did you see me Google anything? There was something to be said about knowing physically where it's at in the Bible. And I I can quote it. In the Justin Dean version, sure. but I can't quote it in the ESV. <laughs> so uh, the whole idea is our mind needs to be renewed. And again, C.S. Lewis says that one of the best ways to have your mind renewed is to read old books mm-hmm. because people from past generations, they're all sinners and they all have faults, but their sins and their faults are different than ours because mm-hmm. they're in a different generation. Mm-hmm. And so he calls it the cool breeze of the centuries flows through your mind when you're reading old books. If you're only reading young, you know, people that are still alive, if you're only listening to modern day music, if you're only listening to modern day preachers, more than likely you're, you're being shaped in a similar way and you don't even see, um, your mistakes. You don't even Mm -hmm. see where you're missing it. Well, scripture is that one of those old books it's, and it's of course better than a book because it's the, it's the word of God. And we are meant to be memorizing scripture so that our minds are transformed so that we, our prayer life is changed, right? Definitely. Our, the way that we receive good and bad gifts from the Lord, difficulties and blessings from the Lord, those are meant to be received a a certain way. Mm -hmm. And the scripture is meant to shape those things, Mm -hmm. right? I'm, I remember right now, like Psalm 119.11 says, thy word I've hid my heart that I might not sin against thee. Mm-hmm. And I, that's probably not the ESV that I just quoted because when I became a Christian, my youth pastor, he had he had this thing where he called, he had level one, level two, and level three. And if you wanted to make level one, and I don't remember what you got, there was some kind of reward, maybe a t-shirt or something, I don't even remember. But level one was like like 10, he had to memorize 10, by, 10 scriptures and he had, he had chosen 10, that was one of them. I think that might've been the first one. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 was another one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. There was like 10 verses and you had to memorize all the books of the Bible. We did it through the Holy Books rap. (laughs) And and again, some of those verses I can pull up now from memorizing it 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then level two was like another 10 and level three was like another 10 or 20 or something like that. Yeah, I, the same thing. Like you were talking about when you're falling asleep, listening to scripture. When I have trouble falling asleep, Psalm 23, I learned it, memorized it when I was in third grade for like, I don't know if it was like a family reunion sort of talent show. It's like, here's my talent. I can memorize scripture. Really cool. Uh, but it's still to this day, I, I lay there in bed and I, and I memorize it and then not just recite it, but it's actually a meditative effort too of what does it mean that beside the still waters? What does it mean in the cool pastures? What does it mean that his, his rod is guiding me and keeping me? And so those are the things that that, that also pairs up with memorization is this uh, this ability to meditate, reflect on, to to really dwell on the Word of God. You dwell on the Word richly, mm-hmm. and, and it actually changes your heart. It gives you, mm-hmm. well, in this case, peace and it, the ability to sleep at night. Yeah, yeah so I would say, to, to answer your question, I think Christians should begin reactively, to memorize scripture reactively. And what do I mean by that? Whatever my current problems are, my current situations, my current sticky points, I remember as a young Christian, like having this book, and I can't even remember what the book is, it's probably in my library, but it had scriptures, it's kind of like a concordance, but it was like 
anger. Mm. And you mm-hmm. look up anger, and it was like all the scriptures on anger. Yep. Or, you know, sexual immorality. All Anything that I was struggling with at the time, I would go there, and I would memorize those, those first. Because I realized I'm conformed to the world mm-hmm. in these specific ways, and I need mind and soul transformation. And so whatever my current struggles were, I would go and I would memorize scriptures that related to that to try to purposefully get my mind right, mm-hmm. to get my soul. So I say it's reactive because it's where where do I notice that I'm broken? Where do I notice that I'm bent? Mm-hmm. And now I'm reacting and I'm going to scripture for that specific purpose, okay? Most Christians should start memorizing there. Mm-hmm. their sticky points. Mm-hmm. Are, you a quarrels- are you a quarrelsome wife? Okay, go to all the Proverbs that, that talk about the quarrelsome wife. Start memorizing those. And then go to the, the, the scriptures that talk about gentleness or call, talk about quietness of spirit or talk about, you know, whatever it is, submission. Memorize those first. Now, here's the thing. Those are probably the, the scriptures that you don't want to memorize. Sure. Mm-hmm. But they're the ones that you need to memorize first. Yeah. And then after that, I would say you go to the bangers. Okay. The bangers are now. This there's not. If you look in your concordance under bangers, they're not. It's not gonna be there. Oh, man. But but Psalm 23 not is a banger. Not even in the Amplified Bible. Yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. Message maybe. <laughs> okay. But Psalm 23, it's a banger, right? Yeah. The Lord's Prayer, that's a banger. Like, there's gonna be, you know, John 3:16, banger. There's gonna be scriptures that literally every Christian needs to have memorized. Mm-hmm. You know, every parent needs to have the first few verses of Deuteronomy 6 mm-hmm. memorized. Right. Um, there's some, the, so there's a lot of those that, so it's like, where are you currently struggling? Start there. And then what are the bangers? That's how I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. What, what are the key verses of Christianity that I need to have memorized? Mm-hmm. And, and then as you start flexing that muscle and you start practicing and you start memorizing, then I would say graduate to mm-hmm you know, whole Psalms are potentially whole books sure. of the Bible. But I think one of the things that we, we have a defeater belief that, that we actually think that we can't do that. Yeah. yeah. And the, the reality is you're right. None of us can do that if we don't practice. Right. But just like anything, and this memorization is one that like genuinely anyone can do mm-hmm. if you practice. Yeah. I don't care if you're dys- dyslexic, dyslexic, if you put it on audiobook and you listen every day, every day, three times a day, you listen to Psalm 23, you will memorize Psalm 23. Yeah. yeah. Everyone can do it. Yeah. Unless they're, you know, providentially hindered and mentally disabled, something along those lines. But <clears throat> we can do it. It's just, it's, it's a difficult practice that most of us were so obsessed with novelty. Mm-hmm. We're so obsessed with the new podcast, yeah. the new thing that's coming out, that we just don't do the hard work. And I, the sad thing is, is this is one of the reasons Christians remain immature. Mm-hmm. They're constantly consuming fluff from the world, or even fluff from the Christian world. You know, the newest Bethel song, the newest Hillsong song, and instead of the Word of God, mm-hmm. that will always always return a blessing with it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the other the other aspect. So a lot of this has been 
obviously, the individual memorizing scripture, right? You, Christian, doing this. And there are, like we said, all of these benefits to it. But in his book, Whitney makes the point with each of the spiritual disciplines that there is kind of a, a private use for personal discipleship, and then there's more of a, a public use, you know, for, for building up, <clears throat> excuse me, for building up the body of Christ, right? And so with something like memorization, he makes the point um, witnessing, so evangelism, sharing your faith with others, knowing what God's word says about your faith. Like you said, the, the key verses of the Christian faith um, can, can certainly help in that, right? Versus sharing faith without these kinds of things. And it's like, oh, okay, well, what, what's, uh, you see, I'm a homosexual. What does the Bible say about that? And you go, uh, I, I, I don't really know, you know. Um, so it can be useful in that regard. And then also, you know, our missional communities are set up to be able to counsel, right, in some regard. And so what happens in an MC setting when Christians don't know what Scripture says about a certain thing? It tends to become really, really practical, really advicey, right? Versus Really opinionated. Really opinionated, right. Versus somehow Joe Rogan seems to get in the room real fast in those situations. You know, whoever, whoever you've right. been listening to the yep. most from the world, all of a sudden their opinion becomes the most pressing yep. thing in the room. That's what I mean. We're obsessed with novelty. Yeah. Yeah. The latest, you know, professor, the latest philosopher, the latest scientist, the latest health nut, the latest thing. Oh, yeah, I just heard this on Joe Rogan. And, and it's like you listen to three hours of Joe Rogan. And how much scripture have you listened to? Yes, sure, exactly. Whoo, you know, or maybe you just listen to highlights. But that is a, a man's opinion, and it might be right, right? But what we're called to do as Christians is speak the truth mm-hmm. in love with one another. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is truth in nature, and all truth is God's truth. So Joe Rogan, like a blind squirrel, finds a nut every now and then. Mm-hmm. But the Word of God is packed; it's a hundred proof truth. Yes. And we're meant to have our minds, hearts, loves, desires, will shaped by the word. When Paul tells the Ephesian, the men in Ephesus, that we're to wash our wives with the water of the word, mm-hmm. right? That means we are to disciple our wife with the word of God. Yes. Many men cannot do that because they don't know the word. Mm-hmm. And not knowing the word makes them cowards because now they can't confront their wife, right? They can't say, honey, I love you, but I think that you're not right on this. Mm -hmm. I think your, your heart's out of a line right now. I think whatever it is, if it's idolizing the kids, if it's idolizing our personal family time and not being on mission, Mm -hmm. if it's uh, there's there's so many areas of its anxiety and and even depression. Many men, they don't know how to lead their wife out of that because they don't have the word of God, mm-hmm. right? And the word of God is what we're meant to wash our wife with. Yes. Yeah. Now that in our culture today, that's predominantly shaped by feminism, mm-hmm. and even I'm going to just say the majority of Christian women are feminists and they don't even they don't even realize it and they've grown up in a feminist environment and feminist churches and they and, and there's this sense where many times the wife wants just to be affirmed by her husband and just loved and accepted by her husband and never challenged by her husband when the scripture says to wash her with the water of the word mm-hmm. which 
by the whole definition means that she needs to be cleansed. Yes. Right? Now, I'm not saying the man doesn't. Sure. But as the spiritual head of his home, he's meant to be memorizing scripture, understanding scripture, and then applying that scripture to his marriage, to his wife, mm -hmm. to their relationship, and leading her out of, like, he is meant to be her head. Yeah. Right? To lead her out of her sin, mm -hmm. to present her more holy, more righteous, more beautiful uh, at the throne of God on the day that she goes and meets the Lord. Yeah. Right? And he is meant to be a primary means for her discipleship. Mm. You can't do that if you don't have scripture memorized. Right. And, and again, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, getting my wife to do what I want. Mm. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about helping my wife become the woman that God's called her to become. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, the scripture and the Holy Spirit are working in her and leading her. But one of the means that God has ordained is a godly husband to wash his wife with the water of the word. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it sounds like what you guys are both saying there is that Bible memorization is not just for your own discipleship, your own walk with Jesus. Actually, it is. There's a communal uh, bent to it where you're, memori you're memorizing scripture so that you can serve others well, not mm -hmm. just by giving opinion, yeah. um, but actually doing real truth work. Mm -hmm. Um, within the context of relationships that you have. So good example of in the household, great with your kids. I'm sure that discipline moments is another opportunity where I find myself most frequently quoting scripture to mm -hmm. my children. Um, <laughs> children, obey your parents. Yeah. So it will go well for you. Yeah, I think actually today one of my oldest has an assignment to spend time in 1 Corinthians 13. So that's one of the things, and, and he's already memorized that. And so we're, we're working on that, that piece of here's how a helpful tool is. But even in the context of community, like mm -hmm. what you were getting at earlier, Kevin, is you can't speak life-giving truth into somebody's life and into their conflict, their circumstances, if you don't know what the truth is, if right. you don't know the word of God. And, and, and certainly, you know, there isn't, uh, the blessing of a smartphone. Oh, I know this one passage and I look it up real quick. Mm. But I, it's to me, some of the most compelling moments in missional community when I've seen men or women just off the top of their head, be mm -hmm. able to quote scripture and apply it directly to that person right there on the fly. Mm -hmm. yep. They didn't need it. They didn't need to go back and thumb through the Bible. Sometimes th there's been that, but those times where it's just locked and loaded, ready to go and boom, mm -hmm. you can deliver that truth. And, and it's not, I mean, we're dealing with two different things when we talk about the opinions of man, which could be helpful and there could be some application and there could be some, some real helpful advice that comes out of that down the road. But, but what's more potent, what's more powerful, what's sharper than a two edged sword mm -hmm. is the word of God. Um, and so our, our hope would be to, like, if we're going to choose what tool to go to first, it's the word of God that we want to pull out of the belt. It's that, it's that thing that we want to utilize and deploy yeah. first. Yes. And then from there, work out the application, work mm -hmm. out the, the advice parts of now here's what you go and do now. Yeah. yeah. And there's something deeply encouraging when you get to do that with someone else, that it it strengthens your own faith. Yep. Yeah. Like when all of a sudden this scripture comes to your mind and you share it with someone and they start weeping or it's the, it's the thing that turns the conversation. It's the, you know what I mean? It's the, uh, the moment that brings an answer to the question or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You're using the word to minister to that person, but the word is also ministering to you in that same moment mm -hmm. because you have put your faith into action. Yeah. yeah. You have, like Jesus said in our text last week, that 
uh, my food is to do the will of God, right? The will of God is obedience to scripture. So Jesus says, when I obeyed, when I knew the will of God, because I knew scripture and I obeyed the will of God, that fed me, Mm -hmm. that nourished me. And so when we are discipling one another in the word and in love, because that's what we're called to do, speak the truth in love Mm -hmm. to one another and build up the body of Christ until we reach full maturity, right? That's the whole goal for the Christian in a missional community setting. We're ministering someone else, but we're also feeding our own soul yeah. because we've rightly divided the word of God and we've used it in a, a, an appropriate context. And that something about doing that feeds us. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and we've all been in missional community for years. And so we've seen many people do it. Oh, yeah. Right. It's not just pastors. It's not just deacons. Mm-hmm. Anybody who memorizes scripture has the ability, well, no, this is a little arrogant, or maybe this is not the right thing to say, but has the ability to sound like the smartest person in the room. <laughs> because when you quote scripture at the appropriate time, it's like a bomb that goes off, yeah. right? It, like the word is active. The word doesn't return, it's living and active. It doesn't return void, right? Yeah. right? God's word accomplishes that for which it was sent. So you might be completely uneducated, but if you memorize scripture and you use it in appropriate context, I mean, this mm-hmm. is why they could say of the disciples, these men have been with Jesus. They're right. educated, unlearned men, but they've clearly been with Jesus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? So the word is meant to help us personally fight temptation. It builds our faith. It gives us a, a biblical worldview that we can rightly receive everything that God sends to our life. Mm-hmm. Listen, like there's a reason the Bible talks about not grumbling mm-hmm. and grumbling being a sin and rejoice in everything. That's meant to shape the way we respond to a hundred degree days like yep. we're experiencing right now. Absolutely. Like the most natural thing in the world is to step out and go, oh, <laughs> sucks. This weather's awful. I wish I lived in blah, 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 blah. When we do that, we are not allowing the word of God to shape the way that we think Mm -hmm. because God has literally custom designed this day for us. He determined the temperature for us. He determined if it was going to rain or if it was going to sun. He determined all these things. And we are meant to receive those things as good from the hand of God. Right, and we're to do all things without grumbling or complaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a scripture that I get that I repeat often <laughs> yeah. in my house, and then honestly gets spun back on me as well uh-huh. when I'm like, "What? No dessert? What? <laughs> you know, or whatever it is? I'm like, Man, there's no snacks in the house. You know, do all things without grumbling and complaining, Dad. Are you grumbling and complaining? Yeah. All right, fine. Get in the car. We're going to Whitey's. Yeah. As we're yeah. talking about this, I'm thinking, <clears throat> what is like a shining example of? of Jesus putting this on display. So if this spiritual discipline of memorization is meant to lead us, uh, you know, towards Christ, to look more like Christ, to live our life in line with Christ, I'm thinking about his temptation Mm -hmm. after his baptism. And this kind of goes back to your first question of, you know, do you do, do you memorize whole swaths of scripture or just one thing? So number one, we have, remember we have an enemy who knows God's word mm-hmm. and he twists it every single time. So you have to know, I think you need to know the context of the scripture and not just 
the one-liner sure. sometimes because yeah. even to what you were saying, like, yeah, I might know a lot of scriptures about what seem like overcoming something, and, and that's great, but those could be out of context. And I think we see Jesus able to battle with Satan where Satan said, the word says this. He's like, yeah, I know it says that, but you're twisting that. And actually, actually it says this too, Mm -hmm. which counteracts what you're saying. So I think it's a shining moment where we see Jesus has clearly memorized the scriptures um, and he knows how to wield them uh, against even our enemy. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And as this is the, Stuff that's hard to get our mind around because Jesus was the word and he is God. And yet scripture says he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with both God and men. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't lean into his divinity in such a way that he could be lazy in his humanity. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to church today. I've got, I'm the word mom. Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I'm the word. What's the, can you imagine Jesus, the word, listening to some preacher. Yeah. You know, like it, G, he could be like, oh, misquoted that one, buddy. Yep. You know, like as an eight-year-old. Actually, he could have <laughs> been that little poindexter kid. Actually. Uh, but he, he wasn't like that. In humility, he learned, like he learned all things, right? He even had to, to suffer. And so he had, he had to have teachers. Yeah. He had to memorize it himself. He needed to be discipled from his parents. He needed to be discipled from the, the, the priest at the temple or whatever. And so G, if Jesus needed to memorize, how much more mm-hmm. yeah. do we? Yeah. You know, First um, Corinthians 10, 13 says that there's, that God promises in any temptation. He says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that God provides a way out of temptation is through scripture. Yeah. Like Jesus was being tempted. He said, man does not live by bread alone. He used scripture rightly in the context and rightly applied to flee from that temptation yeah. that Satan was, was tempting him yeah. with. Right. Yes. And we need to do that with our own soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to quote, if you're being tempted sexually, mm-hmm. you, we need to be, you know, we need to quote that, you know, like a, like a stag going to the slaughter yeah. is the man who's being led by his sexual desires mm-hmm. into temptation, right? Uh, we need to be able to quote things like that. Young man, flee from yeah. sexual immorality. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be able to, that, that needs to be on the top of our head because if the sword of this, if, if the word of God is a sword, it needs to be memorized to be pulled out in the moment. Yep. What good is a sword if you have to open your phone first? <laughs> uh, sure. Because the the fiery darts of the devil they come they don't they come at you from all right. different directions, right? And so you've got to be able to use the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit right now in the moment. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's going to be. It could be a split second decision mm-hmm. between you clicking on that link and you not clicking on that link, mm-hmm. and you might not have time to open up your Bible app and flip to the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need it right here on the tip of your tongue, on the front of your, your brain yeah. to be able to quote it back to the devil and back to yourself yes. yeah. to remind you who you are, what Christ has done, and there's a way of escape out of this thing. And yes. I'm, 
in that situation more than a conqueror. Mm-hmm. Right? There you go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, that would be good. Uh, yeah, right. There's something about uh, Bible memorization, fighting temptation, but also in view of suffering well. I think one of the reasons why the martyrs uh, were so just steeped in Bible memorization is because if they were going to jail, if they were getting thrown mm-hmm. somewhere or taken away, they didn't, they couldn't grab their Bible and take it with them. They mm-hmm. had to literally keep it in their dome. Yeah. Uh, and so they're, they're, you know, again, modern conveniences, we all probably have like four or five different Bibles on the shelf. You got your smartphone that has a bunch of different translations that may not always be available to you. And right. so the, the best thing to do is to store those things away in your heart, keep them there because you might come to a point, whether it be trial or suffering where you don't have the Bible accessible to jump right into or flip to the, you, you can see it on the page of your Bible, but you don't have the ability to flip there. That's why it's it's also helpful uh, in the seasons of suffering to keep that tucked away, to yeah. suffer well. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, understanding really that point. there's actually people in the world right now who aren't allowed, you know, to have the scriptures and they're in an underground church and, you know, hopefully they have a Bible, but if they don't, their community is relying on the community itself to be able to whatever scripture knowledge they have within them. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, that doesn't seem like a reality for us, but it know. should, yeah. it should seem like a reality yeah. because if the LGBTQ plus agenda comes to its full fruition, yeah. the Bible will be outlawed. There will be, or, or maybe not outlawed, but they'll do the old uh, Thomas Jefferson to it, mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson Bible, and it will be it becomes illegal. Hate speech. To quote, to quote certain aspects of the Bible, yeah. which basically in many corporate corporations today, it is. Yeah. It is. Like, there are certain verses in the Bible that you couldn't have on your desk. Yeah. If you had, you know, some of the language from 1 Corinthians on, you know, about homosexuality, if you had that scripture on your desk open, you could be fired. Yeah. You, you actually could be fired. Um, and so I don't think it's a far-fetched reality. You know, it, it, if um, the devil has his way and our society continues to travel down this path of liberalism that seems untethered from reality, and obviously it's not just untethered from the word, it is antagonistic to the word. Mm-hmm. The whole goal of the liberal agenda is to overcome Christianity, mm-hmm. to overcome the values, the understanding of the of I, the identity, the notion of sin. It's to it's to conquer the Bible, right? And so, man, we better have it memorized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We better have it memorized. Yeah, they, no one can take away from you what is within you. You know, I think of the you know, the body they may kill, God's truth abides still. Well, if his truth abides in you, what, what can man do to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that, to your point, it's like that isn't an empowering reality where it's like, yeah, you could you could literally come into my house, you could take every one of my Bibles. To the, to the degree of how much I have that in me and memorized in my brain and in my heart, I'm kind of like, okay, like, that's fine. I, I've got it, you know, mm-hmm. so. All right, so obviously it's clear we're, we're called by God to, um, to memorize Scripture, right? We're, we're called by God to memorize Scripture. Yep. Saints in the past have memorized Scripture. Thousands of people have memorized Scripture. So it's something that can be done. It's something that should be done. It's something that all of us are called to do. Mm-hmm. What's the best way to do that? Mm-hmm. How does that look on a day-to-day practical basis? 
Well, first it starts with opening your Bible on a daily basis. You can't really memorize scripture without first opening the Bible. So that, that's a good place to start, daily Bible reading, whether you're following some sort of a reading plan, but, but maybe just staking out, hey, this is what I want to memorize this, this week, this month, whatever the time domain is. Uh, and devoting yourself, making a conscious effort to spend time there, um, learn the words, m- learn what it means, and when it's a- applicable to, to mm-hmm. apply that, to call those things out. Yep. Um, so I, I think, obviously, reading the Bible and, and choosing a, a passage to start with mm-hmm. is step one. There's a lot of ways. I mean, we talked about singing being a way to do that. There's lots of different um, resources available that are singing scriptures, catechism, um, Usually it's a question and answer with a scripture that's attached to it, another way to sing and to memorize. Um, One thing that I, this is, I guess, a method of memorization that takes me back to the days of my my trombone studying years. When I was learning a piece of music, I wouldn't start at the beginning. I would start at the end. So so like the last four bars, I'd start there and I learned the last four bars and then I would back up and then learn the last eight bars and then I learned the last 16 bars and just sort of had this building thing. So usually if you start at the beginning, the beginning is always the strongest and then it gets weaker and weaker as you go through the memorization process. Mm -hmm. If you do it this way, if you start at the end, it gets stronger and stronger throughout. You're always going to know the tune right off the start. But then, so if, apply this in memorization, start at the end and, and work your way back. And then by the time you go from verse 1 to 8 or 1 to 16 or whatever it is, you have the whole thing. And it's it's not a tapering down thing. It actually grows and grows. Your memorization, it becomes more cemented in your mind. Hmm. So that was music theory or music uh, practice applied to the Bible learning of, of your scriptures. So start towards the end and then work your way back. Nice. That's good. For me, um, I used a journal for a long time in just writing out the scriptures. So I would write them down and copy them and copy them and copy them and copy them. And that helped me memorize. And I had a scripture journal where I just wrote down all the scriptures that I wanted to memorize. So if I read through the book of Romans and I highlighted 19 verses or something or whatever, or maybe I, whatever, I would I would write them out and uh, try to memorize them to the best of their ability. Now, I've heard um, a guy named George Grant mm. has this process. I'm trying to think of the, the word he uses right now. Something like foundational verses or something. It's, it's, that foundational is not the right word. But <clears throat> basically, he takes every chapter of the Bible and he writes down the keystone verse. That's what it is. The keystone verse. So typically when, when the author is writing, there is one verse that is the keystone and then everything else is either setting it up or, or, or a repercussion from it, a consequence after it. And the idea is to memorize the keystone verse from every chapter of the Bible. So if you're studying Ephesians and you're reading it, you're studying it, you could theoretically, you could memorize six verses and get the logical flow of the whole book of Ephesians. Mm, that's so, good. So, you, so then if you, got, you memorize six verses and you understand basically the argument, you understand what Ephesians is about, you could do the same thing for nearly every book of the Bible. Yep. Mm. Um, and, and I know George Grant has an app and this Keystone verse thing is something that I looked into and, uh, but I haven't, I just found it like last month or something and I haven't dug into 
too, too deep, but it's been similar to the process that I found to help me understand, you know, key passages in the book of Romans and different things. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's very interesting. So that's something, that's something you could do. So Bible memorization could be partnered with your study of the Bible. Definitely. You know, and I think I, I do that because like John, I keep coming back to the purpose of John, right? Like at the end of, in chapter mm-hmm. 20, when like he's writing so that you may believe that Jesus is the son of God and you can have life in his name. Yep. Right. That's, that is the keystone book or verse for the whole book of right. John. But then there's every single chapter, there's going to be bangers in all of them, right? Yep. There's going to be these keystone verses in every single chapter. Mm-hmm. And if you memorize that one verse, you get the, the overall gist of the whole book. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm thinking about um, one thing that I think drives memorizing or uh, getting excellent at anything is um, sometimes teaching it. And so mm-hmm. uh, what I've realized is where where Julia and I, my wife and I, we want our, we want our kids to memorize scripture. And so when we first had kids eight years ago, she just bought this thing. I think I think it's called Fighter Verses. Oh yeah, yep. I think that's what it is, and it maybe through Desiring God, yep, John yep. Piper or something. And they send it to you on this little key ring, and it might be fifty or seventy-five. I can't remember, but um, it's just little sections of scripture. And then so we we learned if we put these to song, you know, just normal tunes, Christmas tunes, stuff that the kids rem- like remember. They have so much scripture memorized, and now so do I. And usually it's, you know, it's take one card will be a piece of a psalm and then it's the next part of the psalm. So then I'd, it, it's like teaching them that has helped me memorize it, even though I was doing it for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, now I, I know all these psalms and yeah, they're, or I know all these scriptures. Yeah, they're goofy songs, but I know them, you know. Yeah. And so I think uh, not just doing it isolated by yourself, but maybe doing that mm-hmm. even in your dinner table routine or whatever that is at home. If there's a verse that you want to learn, teach it to your kids. You'll probably learn it faster, you know? Yeah. So. You mentioned fighter verses. I, I remember using that app. I haven't used it in a while, but yeah. it used to have a feature where it had a fill in yes. the blank yes. thing. So you, you would go through, and little by little, it would dial back mm. fewer and fewer words until you actually learned the whole thing mm-hmm. that way. I, I've also seen the same kind of principle applied with like acronyms or like tattoos, or you write it yeah. on a piece of paper, and so you see the ac- you know, it's the first first letter of every word that's stretched out through a verse. And that way you kind of track along with it without actually seeing the words right in front of you, but in your mind, you're making a mental note mm. and able to, to learn it that way. Yeah. I, I, so that, the, That's a good point. I've used, and I don't remember what it is right now. It might just be called the Bible memorization app, yeah. but there's an, a memorization. There's lots of those fighter verse app. There's Bible memorization app. And it starts with you're reading the whole verse. You're reading the whole verse. You're reading the whole verse. You can have it read to you. You can have it put to music. And then like it takes out two words yep, and then you have to fill in those two words and then it takes out five words and then six. And then by the end of it, like week six or week five, you're quoting the, you're whole quoting thing. the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, chapter and verse. So there are, there's a lot of tools out there. The key is to see the good in it, mm-hmm. to see the value in mm-hmm. it, and then to put it in, put it in your daily practice. Yeah. Put it in your daily practice. And you are going to be a more fruitful Christian and you're going to have ammunition, right? You're going to have ammunition against the enemy, against the wiles of the devil, mm-hmm. against his lies. Again, when the, if Satan primarily attacks us through lies, the only response, the only appropriate response to right. those lies is the truth, yeah. which is the word of God. Mm-hmm. 
And so if we don't know the truth, we can't fight the devil with vague platitudes, right. with feelings, you know, mm-hmm. with what my mama taught me or, you know, what I heard somebody say one time. Mm-hmm. We don't, we won't have confidence in those things. My mom's words don't push back the devil. Mm-hmm. God's word pushed back the devil. Now, if my mom taught me God's word, that's something yeah. else. Yeah. But, you know, I can't just fight the devil with, hey, I know I'm, I'm good enough. I know I'm good enough. I, I know I'm smart enough. Mm-hmm. My mom told me that I could do anything if I put my mind to it. Well, that's not going to push back the devil. Yeah. Only God's truth is going to push back the devil. Amen. Yeah, and one last thing. It's really simple. And I would imagine most people are already utilizing this in some capacity is putting scriptures around your home. I know at our sink, in our bathroom, on our dresser, we've got verses. Now, the, the thing with that, you can put them up. I've got one at my lit, light switch in my office that I'm memorizing right now. The thing with that is you can't just, like, look past it every time you see it. It's actually spend time, think about it, take 30 seconds, hmm. recite it back, and, and actually utilize it that way. But posting scripture <laughs> around your home, up on the wall, I mean, same thing. In your Deuteronomy car. 6, yeah, yeah, on the dashboard. Yeah. Yeah. Putting it in places that you're actually going to look at it and, and training yourself to take a minute to mm-hmm. actually observe it. Yep. But it's a really simple way, and it really takes little effort to do that. Yeah. So basically all we're saying is get scripture in front of your face a lot. And if you want to memorize a verse, you just got to get it in your face, get it in your ears, get it in your eyes, get it on your tongue a lot. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is. And I know the, I would say the most challenging thing for a Christian is the, there's so many verses, right? There's so many verses. And a lot of times we want to read for breadth and then we want to study for depth, yep. but you, you memorize to make that truth actionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what are your ways? What are you? How do you memorize scripture? You got anything that we haven't talked about? You got any resources that we didn't mention on the podcast? Um, man, I'd love to see those. If you could email me at justinedeansacredcitychurch.com, or if you've got any questions that you want us to hit and answer, we'd love to do that on a follow-up podcast. So, um, guys, we we are doing this podcast because we, we want you to memorize scripture because we want you to be able to fight against the enemy. We want you to be able to disciple your spouse, your kids, your missional community. We want you to be flourishing. Uh, in your own spiritual walk with the Lord. And and man, the the word of God produces that kind of harvest. So we love you. We're praying for you. God bless.